Hi, my name is Lee, and this is the beginning, the very, very beginning of what I hope will be a reasonably entertaining podcast. Maybe not this episode, but maybe eventually I'll start making episodes that are entertaining. I have no idea what I'm doing, and that tends to be how I learn, how I enjoy learning. So this is going to be whatever it's going to be until it changes because I've learned something. Um, I think I'm going to call it On the Nose. Originally, I was thinking clowning around, but On the Nose kind of works for similar reasons without... Uh, a very specific reference, such as clown. Since I dress up as clown, I, I decided that I didn't want people to sort of expect it to be about clowns. Um, also, it's not always going to be funny, and it's sort of implied that it's going to be funny. Yeah. And On the Nose is not to be confused with In the Nose, that very, very popular podcast, you know, that everyone's been talking about. My co-host, his name is Amos. He's a cat, and he's being quiet right now, but uh, he has a tendency to yell, and it is absolutely inevitable that he is going to be a part of probably most episodes. So he's going to be listed as my co-host. I started thinking about doing a podcast over three years ago, uh, before COVID started, actually. Um, And my original idea and my original focus had been um, medical stuff, um, such as helping people learn how to navigate the system, learn how to advocate for themselves. I still want to do that, but things changed for me over the last couple of years where I actually have more going on in my head. And so I'm not going to be focused on one thing. Um, I probably won't do a good job of being focused on one thing at any given point in time. And uh, that's just that's just how I do. But my brain is full of information. I have deep dived, deep dove in, dove, dive, dove, whatever, into so many things over the years, um, partially because it's it's a coping skill for me. Uh, if I'm really stressed or anxious or can't sleep, just getting really into a topic and reading about it at length can be very soothing. Um, But also if something is happening, I have very rarely in my life been in a position where I could just go seek help because that costs money. And I haven't spent a lot of time in my life having enough money to ask for help when I needed it, um, where I would actually be able to receive it. Uh, So I've had to help myself, and in order to do that, I had to educate myself. So my brain is just full of lots of information. I have a really hard time just accessing it at random, but if somebody, like, asks me a question or whatever, I'll be like, ooh, ooh, and I get really excited, and the dopamine takes over, and yeah. So it's my hope and my goal to be able to share the random crap that's in my head um, and the ways that I approach things um, in the hopes that it will be entertaining, useful, I don't know, help you sleep, something. (laughs) Help you get your daily walk-in. And 
I guess I just lost my train of thought, which is totally fine. Oh yeah, I wanted to say that um, if you have questions, send them my way. It doesn't matter if I know about it or not. If I don't know about it and I don't want to learn about it, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm not interested in that. But I'm interested in most things. So even if I don't know about it, I'll, I'll go like, go looking, you know? So a little bit about me. Um, let's see. I'm 47. I'm pretty sure I was wrong for a couple of years on my age, but I'm pretty sure that's the right age now. I uh, do not feel 47. Apparently, I do not look 47. I I don't want to be 47, but I am. And, and honestly, I've, I've been working very hard on um, thinking about age differently. Uh, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it one way or the other when I was younger, but um, the bias in our culture is is in everything for, you know, age as well as a wide variety of other things. And um, I've just decided that, you know, fuck it. I'm a human being and my age is just a detail. Yes, Amos, exactly. And I just want to do whatever. And I didn't get a lot of opportunity when I was younger to just do things. I, Amos, is, he's got a lot to say apparently. It's just quiet. Um, yeah, so between my own internal like shame issues that kept me from doing things when I had the opportunity and then just not having the opportunity, there were not a lot of open doors for me because again, as I mentioned earlier, no money. And I had to focus on keeping a roof and food for me and my son. So um, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't get to do. And I thought, well, when my son is independent, I'll get to do that stuff. And what I got instead was a huge fucking mountain of health issues that took almost a decade of my life away from me. And I'm coming out of that. I still have the health issues, but I've gotten them managed to the point that I can do a little bit more. I can't do as much as a normal person. I would have a really hard time holding a job, but I can do a little bit more and my brain works better. Like I used to have really bad brain fog and I couldn't finish a sentence uh, without losing words. Like every single sentence I would be like, uh. And um, over the years I learned techniques for remembering words, but I also got to the point that I don't have to do that work as much because my brain's working better. I actually forgot that I was smart uh, for a long time because I got so used to not being able to access my brain. Um, and I keep surprising myself because I know things and I can just, I can just do things even if I've never done them before. Um, and that's one of those things that I always had a lot of pride in. I forgot what I was, gonna, what I was saying, but, um, oh yeah. So Amos, that's not helpful. No, that's not. He's jumping up on the table to knock over the microphone. Thank you. Um, so I don't want to be hindered by a number 
right? Or by like a, a cultural perception of what my meat bag looks like because I've been around for a certain amount of time. Um, I want to be able to just enjoy myself uh, whenever I have the opportunity and I want to live as long as I have the opportunity to do so. And to me, living is not sitting around watching TV and avoiding things that make me feel shame. I, I say that like on occasion, living is sitting around watching TV. It is never doing things that help me avoid shame because almost anything that causes shame is something that brings joy. There are obviously exceptions to that, but I'm coming from a very moral place. And so like, I don't feel like I need to offer, uh, you know, whatever that word is, it's not explanation, but I, it's so hard to think when you have a spaz cat, huh? <laughs> I really hope the pitter patter was in there. So I want to do the podcast uh, in part because I just need to talk. I spend weeks literally weeks on my own without using my vocal cords for anything except for talking to my cat, which is usually like reprimanding him or whatever. Um, and then when I do see people, it's like at the doctor's office and I try really hard not to be like a manic, oh my God, I haven't seen people, <gasps> right? Kind of person, I try really hard not to be that person, but often do not succeed. Um, I don't socialize very much. And this is definitely not socializing, but it is an outlet. And I think that it's going to be good for me. It might not be good for you, but it'll be good for me, you know? And as a woman, it's, it's not that often in life that I get to be like, was it good for you? It was good for me. I'm sorry, that was, that was full of bias. <sighs> oh, no, I'm not sorry. I've, I have a really dark sense of humor and I hide it a lot and I'm going to work on not doing that as much, especially here because, you know, if people cannot get jokes because they don't understand context, oh, they shouldn't listen to me. They should not listen to my podcast. They should not, they should not interact with me because context is a very heavy theme and kind of everything that comes out of my mouth. Oh yeah, so back to about me. Um, so I'm a spoonie. If you don't know what a spoonie is, spoon, spoonie is an analogy, spoon theory, uh, where somebody used like a bunch of spoons to give an example of what it's like to uh, have health issues. And basically, you know, like a healthy person starts with a certain number of spoons and a a uh, disabled person will start with less spoons plus the cost of doing things uh, will use a different amount of spoons than a healthy person. So um, people within the, the chronic illness and disability community um, often use the term spoonie uh, to describe themselves. Um, and it basically just means we don't have as much fuel, you know, we got little tiny fuel tanks, really inefficient engines. I have a variety of conditions. Some of them I might've had for a really long time and then they just got really bad. 
uh, over time. Um, some of them I definitely have had like my whole life. Um, I have Ehlers-Danlos, um, which is, I don't feel like describing that right now. So I'm not going to, you can Google it. Um, I have mast cell activation syndrome. Uh, I have chronic fatigue syndrome, and they do believe that even though chronic fatigue can be a symptom of these other things, that I do have actual chronic fatigue syndrome um, as a separate thing. Because I basically had my first mast cell flare in 2013, it'll be June 3rd, my, will be the 10 year anniversary of my first ER trip, but not my first symptoms, just when I got sick enough that I got scared enough to go to the ER. Um, and I didn't get the fatigue until the following year after I got pneumonia from some jackass coughing on an airplane. Um, like he upset people and they were asking him to cover his cough and he was just not. And uh, three days later, I, I had uh, the same cough and I never got better. Uh, it's like a post-viral malaise kind of thing. It's basically like long COVID. They're treating long COVID as its own thing, but um, as if it's like really novel, but in actuality, people have been getting sick in similar ways, often even in bunches. So we'll have like a new... Um, virus come through like a basic cold or whatever and like one area will just have like a whole bunch of people that end up with the post-viral stuff um, but it doesn't really get any attention or get reported um, the way that long COVID has so when long COVID people complain about not getting enough attention or not being taken seriously it's can be a little bit well yeah but also a little bit frustrating because for people with chronic fatigue syndrome um we're actually seeing them get much more support than we do. And if you look at the funding uh, for NIH, uh, it is significantly different between the two. There is a really good documentary that I will probably recommend more than once uh, called Unrest that's about uh, chronic fatigue. And it's done in a way that like, it's actually interesting. Um, it's not too dry. So I always recommend it to people as a way to learn a little bit more about uh, chronic fatigue. When I was at the height of my illness, my symptoms were very similar to hers. And watching that was, it was a lot. It was, um, I don't know what that word would be, but um, I guess it was comforting in a way to see my reality like that. But, um, it was just a lot. I just it just made me feel very overwhelmed by this reality that that I have no real control over. You know, like I can just do all the things that they're telling me to do, and they don't really know if they'll work. They hope they'll work. They work in some people. It's all experimental. I mean, all the medications I take are basically off label uh, medications that are like, well, it's worked in some people, so hopefully it'll work in you. And the mast cell stuff we found accidentally after quite a long time, you know, um, I really wish we had found that a lot earlier because I was on a liquid diet for the better part of four years and had malnutrition and that really sucked. Like I, I went through all of that by myself, um, did not have good doctors during that time. And that's definitely something that I want to dive into more like medical trauma and uh, literally just 
the process of navigating. I've met people who like the first time they're not listened to, they're like, whoop, I'm never going to the doctor again. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Like you have to do the work and it sucks that you have to do the work, but the, the bias within the medical community is, is severe. And uh, if you get lucky enough to find a doctor that has curiosity that ask questions so that they can learn, um, you know, then awesome. But a lot of times you got to fire a couple of doctors before you find the one who either one has the curiosity to help figure it out or happens to be knowledgeable and has had experience so they know. Um, my GI is handling my mast cell stuff. He's not a mast cell guy, but Stanford does not have mast cell doctors. So he... Um, He's handling it for me. And, you know, the reason why we figured it out was because he has, like, the curiosity, like I do, to, like, research stuff. And so I kept being like, well, what about this? How come when I use these medications, they help me, but when you test me for the issues that they're supposed to treat, I don't have those issues, you know, kind of thing. And that's what led us to finding the mast cell thing. And everything that I've done since then has aligned with that diagnosis. Um, I still I still suffer doubts where like nothing feels real because I've spent so much of my life being medically gaslit that like, oh, maybe it's not really that is a very common like thought, you know, like I have ADHD, the medication impacts me like I have ADHD and I still sometimes go, maybe I don't really have that, you know? Um, it's, it's silly, but um, yeah. And let's see, other stuff about me. Um, I, last year, I got my official diagnosis for ADHD and started managing it um, uh, with medication. And that changed things a lot for me. I started making art and jewelry and just started doing stuff that I could never figure out how to do. I would get these really creative ideas when I was younger and be like, yeah, but I can't do that. And the reason why I said that was because my brain could not figure out the pathways or the order of operations to make it happen. It just was too much. And that's like, that's a very common like issue with ADHD. Like, you know, like once we get going and start putting the pieces together, we can do stuff often really quickly and efficiently, but like getting started and getting things organized to get started can be really, really challenging. Um, and, there's just like this whole area of using my brain that I didn't have experience with. And the longer I went without using it, the easier it got to just not. So all of my creative thinking was technical problem solving. You know, like if something in the house broke, I can fix it. You know, I can do plumbing. I can, I can do all kinds of repairs around the house. But like, you know, I used to do all my own work on my vehicles. Um, because it just made sense to me. I didn't, I was like, if I can do it, why would I, why would I pay somebody? Plus also like I didn't have money, so necessity, right? But, um, but, you know, like, and I would come up with really functionally creative ways of fixing stuff, you know, uh, growing up, my parents called that jerry rigging, um, 
which I don't know how common of a term. I, I've heard some people say that it's only common in certain areas. Um, God, the screen on my tablet keeps, I need to change the settings on that because it's annoying. So I guess I've become an artist. I've sold like 10 pieces um, in the last year and have made more than I've sold by like a lot. And I now have an Etsy shop and I have things on there. I, a wide variety of things. I just, it's embrace the chaos and chase the dopamine. Those are my two, my two little catchphrases for, for what I do with my shop. Um, I used to read a lot, like a lot, not just like online studies and stuff like that, but like books, like just, and I don't anymore. And I'm not sure if that's like a thing I'm going to get back to or not, but I do have a graphic novel collection. That's pretty awesome. Pretty proud of that. Um, and I don't collect like the superhero stuff. I call it superhero, but I don't collect the superhero stuff um, with the exception of like powers and a couple of other like non-mainstream stuff that isn't just that. I don't know. I don't like that. But um, I like mostly like independent, um, more unique stuff. There's like the series Monstrous, which is like women written, women uh, drawn, and it's really, really awesome. It's awesome. Um, so I might talk more about that stuff and like share different series that I like and stuff. Um, we'll see. I don't know, man. Uh, I am extremely verbose, like extremely. So it's been interesting trying to get the podcast together because I've been having a really hard time unlocking the verbosity. I don't know if that's a word, but, um, I know that like the more I do this, the easier it'll get. And so I'm, I'm just, this is, I'm starting right here, you know. Uh, I used to, as I mentioned, I used to work a lot. I, I have a 25-year-old son, and I worked a lot to make sure that he had stuff. I was homeless uh, for parts of my youth. Um, I was the kind of homeless where I bounced from person's floor to couch to floor, and traded stuff like house cleaning and babysitting for a roof over my head. Um, and then um, just, just I've done, I have done like, I have had so many jobs. I've done so many different things because I'll just do whatever, right? Like, like they'll be like, do you know how to do that? No, but I can learn, you know, just whatever job. Um, and I've had some jobs that I was really lucky to get and then jobs that were just shitty, but they paid the bills. Um, and I have lived so many places because I used to move like every six months to a year. Um, stability is uh, an unfamiliar friend for me. I'm working on that, but it's difficult because even my health is not like consistent. You know, I can have a good day. And then I can have like a week of just bad days and I can't predict it. So it is, you know, it has required me to learn how to be adaptive and uh, minimize cata catastrophizing because it would be really easy when you have a bad day to be like, this is my whole life instead of it's gonna get better. 
This sucks, but it's going to get better. Something that I used to do that was a really big part of my life, actually two things. One of them was photography, um, candid photos, action photos, uh, not posed or glamorous. I, I, I would like to learn how to do that stuff at some point. I have to have people willing to sit still for me um, while I go, I am so uncomfortable, this is new. <laughs> but um, I used to do that like all the time. Um, and it was really helpful for me in social situations where I was uncomfortable. It let me um, have something to focus on so that I didn't feel under pressure to socialize in ways that um, were not natural to me. Um, you know, the last year or so, I came to realize that uh, that I was also autistic. Um, I have not gotten a formal diagnosis because I was told that I am not high needs enough to get a diagnosis. And I don't have the $2,500 to get a diagnosis outside of network. Um, but the psychologist that I was working with told me that I should just live like I'm autistic, make autistic friends and do all of that stuff um, because, yeah. Um, there has been nothing that I have learned about myself that has felt more right than that. So even if I went to get a diagnosis and they didn't agree, I would just think that they were dumb and biased. Um, you're not taking that away from me. So the other thing besides the photography, which was an autistic coping thing for me um, and a sp special interest was riding motorcycles. And I think the riding motorcycles was like a mix of things because I love the control. Like I still, I love driving. I would do track days if I had the money for it um, in my car because my car is like a compromise since I don't have a motorcycle. And um, I used to do track days on my motorcycle and I just love the, the technical aspects of riding when you get all of the pieces correct when your body's in the right position and you know you go into the corner at the right time and it just when it lines up everything feels perfect and at that point that's when my ADHD would turn into just one single note instead of it just being chaos like a orchestra that's warming up uh and getting ready, you know, to work together, but hasn't quite started yet. It's like, it would just all come together. And it was like the only time that I felt really like, just here. I don't know, I don't, I don't have any other way to put it. So I love riding motorcycles. It's something that I miss a lot. I had to mourn it. Um, I don't know like if I'm ever going to be in a position to ride motorcycles again. I could physically ride them now. I am well enough um, that on some days I would be able to ride, but I cannot justify the expenses of an additional vehicle plus buying the vehicle and the gear and all of that. So it's just, you know, I, I don't know like what my future holds, but maybe someday that road trip that I have wanted to do will actually be on two wheels as I've always wanted to do it. Uh, we'll see. But um, 
in a lot of ways, I have a lot more things going on in my life now, even though I rarely leave the house and rarely see people. I do all the stuff like making art and jewelry and I've been doing resin work and uh, I do like the face paint for lip syncing on TikTok and, and then the photography that's related to that um, for the online stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I'm not cool anymore because I don't ride a motorcycle anymore, but um, it's all relative, you know? I'm doing stuff that other people, their brains go, I don't want to do that. So then they're impressed that that I do it. Because, you know, it's, I think about that, like when someone else does something and I don't know how to do it, like people who draw, that's like magic to me. Like when people are just drawing and they're putting lines down and then, or dots, oh my God, the dot art is crazy. But um, it just it's just like magic happening on the paper. And the thing is, I know that I could learn how to draw. I might not ever have like a really amazing skill, but I could be reasonably okay at it uh, because it just takes practice, right? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to practice. I don't want to repeat the same thing over and over again. So I am not ever going to learn how to draw. That is not going to be my brand of magic. So that's that's how I think about that stuff. I think the majority of people are capable of doing what anybody else does. It's that we don't want to. At some level, we don't want to. Or like when I was younger, you know, the doors weren't open, didn't have access to opportunities. But that's that's kind of a different, that's a different topic, Mian. Um, I say um a lot. I also say so a lot. Like I start a lot of thoughts with so. I noticed that doing TikTok videos. One of the other things that I would like to do is to um, eventually interview people um, and get people, you know, talking and sharing about their own stuff. Um, just normal people, not like famous people or whatever. I don't care about celebrities like at all because there's people that get an excess amount of attention for whatever. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that have skills and ideas that are interesting and awesome that um, they don't get all that attention for one reason or another. So those people I would be very interested in talking to. Um, so yeah, that will be that will be part of it. Um, I definitely have like things, things I could talk about, but um, I am going to want to open it up to include more people eventually. I think I'm going to bore you guys with just me for a while while I get my format figured out and get practiced and have a little more confidence. Because right now, the imposter syndrome is like, whoa, daddy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. I think that's about it. I, you know... I I don't I'm never good at saying goodbye like on phones is like yeah I click you know so um yeah I If you need help then dial your operator